Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we are doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, so my guest this week is Magnus Manson, who has had to largely put his dream of racing World Cup downhill on hold for the last few years. First for a series of injuries and right on the heels of that, a cancer diagnosis that Magnus has been going through treatment for. And while that hasn't gone entirely as smoothly as it might, Magnus is now in remission and gearing up for the 2023 season with the goal of racing it in full. And so Magnus and I sat down to talk about that whole journey of his, including how he has managed to stay remarkably positive through the whole experience and just shown a great deal of poise and maturity for someone who's just 24 years old at this point. And so it's a really interesting conversation and Magnus has a lot of good stuff to say that I think is more broadly applicable just to motivation and perspective and keeping things fun and challenging, even in the face of pretty incredible adversity. So it's a good one. Hope you enjoy it. I sure did. Before we get into that, though, I do want to take a quick minute to encourage you to check out our Blister Plus Spot membership, which, as we've said a bunch of times here, gives you $25,000 of $0 deductible injury insurance should you get hurt mountain biking, skiing, running, or a whole big list of outdoor activities that we have listed in the link in the show notes. And it's pretty inexpensive, and on top of the insurance gets you all of the great blister member benefits including being able to send me an email and chat about the next bike purchase you're looking to make or suspension upgrade you want to do or whatever it might be and not only are bikes started to be available again but we're even seeing bikes on sale these days so it's a good time to be thinking about buying a new bike for the upcoming season and i'd be glad to help you out with that so check out the blister plus bot membership at the link in the show notes and enjoy this conversation with magnus manson Well, Magnus, great to sit down and chat with you today. How are you doing and where are you today? Yeah, uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, just at home in Victoria. Um, it's kind of it's kind of where I base out of, but I travel all over the island for riding. So, but yeah, back at home today and just yeah, taking a rest day and yeah, I've been good and just yeah, the past few weeks and months have kind of just been getting better and better. Well, I'm glad to hear that and that's kind of a nice change of tone after what's been bit of an up and down last couple of years, I guess it's fair to say. Yeah, oh, it's totally, yeah, yeah. Skip over a little bit of what we're going to get into here in a second, but glad to hear that, and it's been awesome seeing you on the bike of late, and I mean, as we'll get into, you've been doing a remarkable job of keeping that going through some some sort of rough times, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, for folks who maybe aren't quite as familiar, I guess, just give a little introduction to yourself and kind of brief rundown of your journey over the last couple of years? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 24 years old, but I've been racing bikes since I was like 13 and yeah, fell in love immediately. I quit. I used to play hockey or just quit hockey right away. I was, it was all, all I wanted to do was ride. And I grew up on the sunshine coast. So that was, I had like the coastal crew and like, and a bunch of people just to look up to and kind of also helped guide me eventually, which was really cool. So but yeah, I've been racing for a while and the last few years I had a number of injuries and then 
the latest thing was I yeah I got diagnosed with a stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma so in 2021 but yeah and that was kind of its own journey and it took longer than I hoped I th- as far as cancers go, Hodgkin's lymphoma is kind of kind of the one you want to get because there's a pretty high cure rate. But it was, yeah, I I unfortunately didn't didn't get all of it on my first kind of line of treatment, so we had to go another step, which kind of it cuts real deep. It's a stem cell transplant, so yeah. And I and honestly, throughout the whole thing, like I I told myself I'd try to just like keep keep active and do as much as I could the whole time, but and. If it got hard, I'd stop and respect that, but it never got hard. So I kind of always used biking and being active is something that kind of pulled me out of these hard times because, yeah, it's such a roller coaster having your body just go through like so much cell death, like the inside, like the smallest piece of your body is not working. And it's kind of, it's a surreal feeling to have to really like work through that and feel that like on a a weekly or bi-weekly basis, like you go from being about as low as you can be to feeling good again. And yeah, so it was kind of learning that cycle and it's been trippy though. And it's made me have to think about a lot of dark stuff and make me appreciate all the good stuff. So yeah, crazy journey, but bike, bike, like, and it's, I am a biker and I've always loved biking the same way, but it, it really, it always helped me through it. Just having something to do and something I really, I feel free doing. So. Yeah. Well, and if anything, you kind of, undersold yourself a little bit there like not just a bike racer but i mean you won canadian national champs in 2018 and kind of on this really strong upward trajectory at that moment and then well like i said some injury issues including a broken femur and pelvis like not not light stuff and then got the the cancer diagnosis fairly shortly thereafter and i guess i'm just curious like what was it like getting that news because you sort of you know you obviously you were super young, still are super young, uh, kind of trying to kick off this international downhill racing career. And then just sort of this lengthy series of setbacks. And I can only imagine that the cancer diagnosis after the couple of injuries and that sort of string of things just felt pretty brutal, but I mean, at least sort of outwardly from your social media presence and that kind of stuff, it seems like you've, done a truly remarkable job of staying positive through that and just being excited to still get out on your bike when you can and all that kind of stuff. So I guess take us through that. Was that really kind of how it felt for you or to what extent was that putting on a brave face or how did all that go? Yeah. Oh man. Like I think like cancer is obviously kind of like as a, again, as a kind of a younger person, like it's the first time I've had to think about my own death and like kind of all these, all these things that like, obviously my cancer was kind of a fortunate cancer, but you still like you're, you're in, you're kind of, it's the first time you really have to face it and look it in the eye. So I think in that way, it was obviously the scariest, some of the scariest moments of my life have been in the last kind of two years. But on the other hand, like after going through my injuries and getting healthy and then not feeling healthy after I kind of broke my leg and I was starting to get better, but like I was always tired and I'd, I'd train really hard and then be really tired. So I'd be like, okay, well maybe I'm overtraining. And then I'd take it some time off. I'd still be tired. So I was like, okay, well maybe I'm not training enough. And then it's just this cycling and beating myself up mentally. So it, it took that took a toll on me for sure as well. Like, it's kind of like having these unanswered questions of why why am I not 
moving forward anymore. Cause again, yeah, like I was, I was starting to really pick up momentum in my racing career and things were looking good. I was on a factory team and then just, yeah, a few setbacks in a row. It kind of, it stalled that out. So I was really just looking to get back to that kind of get back to that rhythm. And then once I did get the diagnosis just for some of the passions and like what I care about the most, like it, it gave me so much relief. Cause now, yeah, like there was something like wrong that like you can't really see, you could arguably feel, but as like a, as a 22 year old at the time or 23 year old, that's like, that's not where my, I'm not thinking I have cancer. Like I'm, I'm young, I'm a kid. Like you think anything, anything, but really, cause you know, we're not, that's not, that's not the deal we get told when we're kids is like, you're gonna, you're gonna have to deal with it when you're young. And I think that made it hard too. Cause as like, as a younger person, like you're not prepared and you haven't experienced other people, like people around you maybe going through cancer or illness. So like, I didn't have a ton of like experience and like some of my families had cancer, but not, I've never, I've never been directly associated with it. So it was the first time having to like deal with some of these emotions and like, and the challenges that came with it. Like it was, it was yeah, just a roller coaster, but in, in a lot of ways relieving to finally have an answer, but obviously that mounted a whole new challenge that I know not, not much can really prepare you mm-hmm. for. And so, yeah, that bit about kind of having the roller coaster of training and feeling tired and then resting and still feeling tired and kind of knowing that there was something that wasn't quite right, but not really understanding what it was. I mean, how did you ultimately figure out what was going on and get the cancer diagnosis in the first place? Yeah, for me, I mean, it was, it was pretty obvious. Like I, I'm sure I think there's some pictures on social media, but like my neck was just like exploded. Like my neck was out past my ear kind of thing. Like my lymph nodes were so, so, so swollen. And like, and then it was all over, it was through my chest and like in my hips and like, it was all over the place. They're, they're pretty nervous. That it was in the bone marrow. I think when I first got diagnosed, just because of how spread out it was. And so, yeah, like it was pretty obvious for me, but again, it, it just took like time, like just things kind of weren't adding up. And then like, I'd have some lymph nodes pop up, but again, like, I don't know, we're getting all these vaccines and things are like, you, you get, you just never go there. Like, you're not, you're not worrying about the little, the little things that are kind of there. And as an athlete too, you're like, okay, well, it'll, I'll just get better. And if I keep working, I'll just get better. But it kind of took like a stick, taking a step back and like eventually yeah, getting the diagnosis. And that, that, that in itself was a pretty horrible kind of few weeks. Like you kind of, it's not, it's not like you go into the hospital and they're like, oh, you have cancer. It's like weeks of, oh, well, we think you have cancer, but we can't do anything until we do all these tests. And they have to take a lymph node out. They, to, they do a biopsy. They do blood tests. They, it's not, and they do a PET scan. Like it's not a, it's not as, it's not like the TV shows. That's for sure. So yeah, it was, it was a pretty like tiring and stressful. It's like stressful. You're sitting there like, oh, do I have cancer? Do I not? Like, and it, yeah, it was soup that whole thing was super awful and yeah i feel and it's hard and i feel like at the same time i would have never i just never would have gotten concerned enough if it wasn't like that because like you just you don't go there as a kid like there's not that's not the it's not what's on your mind that's for sure yeah and i think that's a good note for just kind of listening to your body and sort of noticing the things that are wrong Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the anything that's like, you have to, like, I've learned so much, like you get, and I've, I've now felt my body in so many more ways than I, 
ever had like in the rest of my life the last two years like i've felt like such highs such lows like it's not you have to learn those cues and what your body tells you and like rest and and when you have that energy and like when you need to respect yourself and like yeah it but you you just as a kid you have and as like a young kid you have infinite like i i have like 16 year old friends like rider guys and they they can ride all day like they got their energizer bunnies and then like as you get older that kind of goes less and less but you just you're never it's hard to read those cues and i think it does sometimes it does take something pretty pretty extreme to to kind of push it over the edge one of the things that's really struck me kind of following along over the last couple of years is just sort of the level of dedication that you've had to just still staying on the bike and getting out there and filming and sneaking a few races in when you could. And um, so I guess just take us through the timeline a little bit from after you got the diagnosis, you started chemo and what was it like kind of trying to juggle that with wanting to keep up some semblance of normalcy and, doing the things that you want to be doing on a bike and how'd you make all that work? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it for, again, at first, like the first month or two months, it kind of, it was, it was a depressing time. Cause like you, you're doing chemo every two weeks and yeah, just, just for the listeners, like I did six months of chemo and then it didn't work. And then I did two months of another chemo prior to my stem cell transplant. So kind of two different things, but during those first six months, like it was, yeah, it was, or yeah, the first six months, but then the initial two months was like, you just, you're depressed and you can't really do anything. And then I realized like, oh, well, I can't really go ride trail bikes because I get way too tired, but I love, like, I'm, I'm a downhill racer. I, I don't think I'm going to try super hard not to race enduro and I have no problem saying that, but um, I'm going to race downhill as long as I can. And yeah, like I, I really came to just I could ride downhill like I could go down I could in some ways like I could use my riding skills to work around the fitness issues I was having and I didn't have to be the strongest I'd ever been to still really enjoy downhill and it didn't take me that long to realize like oh if like if I just rest and I I kind of set aside some time early in the, the cycle of chemo like in the first few days after chemo and then in the second week like I can go do a ton of downhill riding and that's that's like probably like the easiest fitness thing I can do. And like, that's going to keep me healthy and that's going to keep me happy. So as soon as I realized that, like I was riding down bikes like every weekend and it was like, I laughed at it. Cause I was like, again, like you do chemo on Monday and then by Saturday you're kind of getting ready to go ride downhill. And you're, it's like, Oh, well that's kind of, it feels weird, but it, it made me feel so good. And obviously that first day riding downhill, you're not, you're not it's not my best self, but I, by the end of the week, by the end of that second week, I'd feel so good. And that kind of made me realize like, oh, well, if I can still ride, I could, I might be able to train kind of semi-normally. And then, yeah, eventually, well, again, it, it just took really understanding that cycle and that rhythm where like I needed to rest, rest, rest for that first week. But then that second week, if I did put it in enough rest, like I could train, I could ride and I could be the, my normal self. So kind of got me thinking like, well, if I train as much as I can, then when I come out of this, I'm just going to have less of a hole. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to get any stronger going through chemo, but if I can still go to the gym, still do a little bit of fitness, ride my downhill bike and work on my skills. Like when I'm done, well, I'm only going to be maybe 50 or 75% 
of, of what I was before instead of like 20 or 30 if I just sat on the couch and did nothing. So it kind of, and it was more and more manageable. And again, I always told myself like, if I, if I do feel too tired, I'm not gonna, it's this, it, I learned quickly, like it's not, it's not worth pushing and pushing and pushing when your body's telling you no, but it just, it never hit that point. And I think like that kind of gave me that and that feed that fed my fire, like in, in my heart, like I was just like, yeah, like this is the thing I can do. And like, when you're going through chemo, kind of all you got to do is be healthy and, and try to be fit and try to eat good. So like, this was, this was me being as healthy as I could and, and having fun and having stuff to look forward to too. Cause like, otherwise you're just sitting there dreading your, your next appointment. Whereas I was every weekend, I was looking forward to going riding downhill and then, oh, well on Monday I had to go do chemo, but I've, I got a sweet weekend of riding. So it was kind of, it was hard. Like there's hard moments within that, but overall, like that was that was huge. And that helped me so much just not hit these walls of like, I can't do this. And then when I was done, like I felt good. And like when I finished that first six months of chemo, I was feeling really good. And like, I I felt like I had beat the cancer based on how I felt. And then, yeah, obviously the scan said otherwise, but kind of had these races planned out. And the doctor, doctor said we got rid of enough of it that like, we don't need to start treatment right away. And just with some of these chemos, you got to wait a certain amount of time before you do a different kind of chemo, just the way the drugs work in your body. So I was like, well, what do you, if I, if I don't crash, do you think I can go race some races? He's like, oh yeah, sure. Like, and I have, I have a super cool oncologist who help, who's my doctor. Um, but yeah, so I ended up doing like Costa Rica and that might've, that was kind of all I thought I was going to be able to do. And yeah, I got, I got second at Pan Am's there. And like, I, again, I felt pretty good, which was like, it kind of laughed at, but then, yeah, then I came back, I did a little checkup scan and he's like, Oh, it's actually like, you're still looking really stable. You still have cancer, but like, you should be fine. We don't have to do anything for another couple, couple weeks. And I was like, Oh, what about a month? And he's like, Oh yeah, for sure. That's fine. It's like, Hey, well, I'm going to go to France and race the world cup. And he's like, Oh, that sounds awesome. Let me know how it goes. So then, yeah, I kind of had my sights set back on doing the world cup but as i kind of got closer as it kind of it could definitely feel the cancer kind of growing and aching and like you get you just more fatigued you're more tired and just like sleeping at night was hard because there's there's spots that would kind of push on on my chest and like kind of comes with its own bag of problems but again i was just still committed and that was all i wanted to do is qualify for that race i didn't even care where i finished but and i i missed qualifying by like three people or four people or something like I was so so close but that that would have made that whole part that like that part of the journey would have been qualifying but even just like being there was crazy for me because I couldn't I couldn't have told myself at the beginning of the the treatments like oh and in eight months you're gonna be at the world cup like don't worry like so I think just showing up and and also feeling like I was meant to be like feeling like I should be there because I put in so much work over the winter although I had to do chemo, I was still like, I was, it was as hard as I could go. So it was, yeah, just kind of like never, never easy, but not so hard that I felt like I had to give up. And also just, and it gave me, it gave me that feel. It gave me that motivation to like, to still try and still care about the stuff I cared about, not, not let it define who I was or what I did. Cause I think for so many people, cancer can redefine their entire lives and usually not in a good way. So I was pretty committed to like, I'm going to do cancer, but I'm still going to be Magnus and I'm going to be doing the things I love, not not just derailing my life for it. Yeah. And I mean, certainly making it to that World Cup and being on form enough to 
come close to qualifying, even if he didn't quite make the cuts, still a hell of an achievement under those circumstances. But you started that whole bit by saying, quote, if I don't crash, I mean, what was your approach like for those races? I mean, how careful were you feeling like you really needed to be in order to keep things together? How did that all work? I'm a racer at heart for sure. Like I don't, I don't like, I'm not going out there to go easy. Like, but I also know my limits. I've been racing long enough. I think I'm past the point when you're a kid and you just crash your brains out. So I knew in the back of my head, like I couldn't, the reason I couldn't crash is because technically you can't really do any surgeries and like, and your immune system's really low. So if there, if there's any injury, you're not going to heal very fast. So I was kind of, I was flirting with the the danger a little bit, but I mean the again the doctor never never said don't do it and you're and you have to avoid it completely. He just said yeah be, be mindful. You gotta you can't you can't break your arm right now because it's not going to get fixed right away. So I was like oh that's fair enough. So yeah, but I mean and again like I it's the time I put in over the years. Like I know how to ride a bike. I know like I, I crash sometimes, but I get like not these huge crashes where you break bones, but. It's just like it was still I was given it I was given it everything. Like I'm again just like a racer at heart and you go you go to race to hopefully win. But obviously when you're dealing with other stuff it's hard sometimes. So I mean, I'm still just kinda curious what that conversation with your doctor was like. I mean, and it's you know what you said all totally makes sense, but at the same time, yeah, like stuff happens when you're trying to race. Like there's you know, it's it's within your control to a certain extent, but things still happen. You know, you just come off breaking your damn femur. like. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, he, I think part of the t- problem with just how doctors are is doctors live in a, in a box and a lot of the time and they'll just, they see people who are broken all the time. Like every single nurse is dealing with someone who's hurt. So obviously they're not going to be all good. But my dog, again, like my doctor is so cool. He's always been so supportive of how I want to handle the treatment and how I want to be. And like he any he, he kind of follows the sport a little bit. Like I think he he he's like he's he always knows how I'm doing in the bike world, which is pretty cool. Cause I don't think the doctors usually follow up like that. But yeah, he I think he understood, but and again, he was just like, You just gotta be careful, but like you're you know, like as long as you're not falling, I'm not upset. So it was just, he was cool. And I think, and again, like the nurses would give me hell, like they'd get so mad at me and like, you get all kinds of different reactions, but the guy who's calling the shots, like the, my, my head oncologist, he kind of has the final say. So I could, I could kind of do what I wanted to do, but I def not from him, but from other, other healthcare people, they would definitely give me a hard time. Cause I think for a lot of people, like you wouldn't even like people really, that's what I mean. Like people really slow down and I don't, I don't discredit anyone. I like, I just felt like I got so much out of riding and like, and even again, if I had to dial my riding back to, to 20% of my normal riding, like I still would have done it. Cause just being on a bike, like if all, if all I could do is road ride on like bike paths. Cause that was as, as comfortable as I felt, but I felt comfortable. Like I felt like I could go fast. I felt like relatively healthy and strong. So it was like, well, I'm going to try to ride, I'll ride to that limit, but I'm not going to be scared. And I never, I never had a fear of crashing. Like I just, I think you you can't as a racer as well. Like it's not a, it's not a thought you're, you should be thinking. So I just, I went back to how I normally was and yeah, just rode and had fun with it. Yeah. I like that. And it kind of gets something that I was going to ask here already anyway, which is just sort of, 
I would be curious for you to talk a bit more about keeping motivation up through that period of, you know, obviously I can only imagine that you were feeling fatigued and didn't have the bandwidth and energy to do what you would normally be doing under typical circumstances. And, you know, having not been through cancer, but, you know, injuries and things that have limited my riding in ways that it can be hard to feel like it's worth getting out and doing the thing. If you're, if you feel like you're not doing it to what you want your potential to be, or if you're kind of, like you said, just riding road bike on a path or something, it's, it can be tough to kind of get over that hurdle of being like, shit, I'm a world-class downhill racer. Like this is all I can do. Or how did that all go? And kind of, how did you get over those hurdles? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's such, that's like so rooted in your identity as a person, like that question. And like, and again, I had to answer that. And that was one of the hard things is like, I am Magnus. The mountain biker is, is good. And he tries as hard as he can. He goes really fast, but like, it's breaking that down and being like Magnus, the person going through chemo is just trying to be happy. Is just trying to feel healthy and like do something he loves. So it was like on the days where I couldn't, I didn't feel it or I didn't feel up to it. Like you have to like put it in perspective. Like I'm, I don't like, and it, say, it can apply to injuries or anything. Like if you really, if you just let go of the ego where that's telling you like, Oh, you have to be better or you're better than this. Like it's more than that. And like your body is, is working hard usually when it's recovering from anything. So like, you got to respect that, but it's like, it's just saying like, I'm, I love riding and I'm going to go out and ride. And today, like, and that was, that was another thing. Like I only had like two hours or three hours in most days where I had energy. And then I like, it would be go ride and then just lay on the couch the rest of the day or like, and then maybe the next day I'd have to lay on the couch as well. And then I'd, I'd get another day of energy. So it was like the amount of time I actually had to do things was so limited. So I wasn't just going to go and waste it on random shit. I was going to, I was just going to like, if I have energy, I'm going to go ride my bike. And if I don't, I'm going to lay on the couch, watch a movie and try to be comfortable. Like it wasn't, it wasn't much of an option because I, I knew like I'm not going to be happy if I'm trying to run errands or I did try to go to school through some of my treatments because I, I like to do some some courses through the fall. I'm just a work slowly working towards some kind of degree, but I just I, I ended up like you'd have to do two two weeks of school in one week because every two weeks you'd have one week where you can't even look at a screen kind of thing. You're so tired and, and messed up and then you'd have two weeks of work. So it was it was just not manageable. And I just felt like, yeah, like I'm instead of just fighting so hard, I'm just going to respect when I have energy and just get after it. Cause that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And how about the training portion of it? I mean, you talked about going to the gym and doing some other off bike work, but how, how did you go about figuring out what was viable as far as a training plan goes under those circumstances and, balancing all of those things that you just talked about of, you know, having fairly limited windows and having the energy to do much of anything. And as you sort of said, wanting to use those very finite opportunities on the bike and figuring out what was sort of the best use of your very limited energy as far as training and prep goes. How did you sort all that out? Well, this is again, like another blessing of kind of a typical treatment and like, again, a, a very lucky kind of cancer is it's every two weeks, like I lived the same two weeks for six months. So 
really quickly. If as soon as it took me two months to figure it out, but every two weeks was about the same as far as what days I felt like by a certain day, I'd start to feel good. And then like, if I went to the sauna or if I did a walk or I got a sweat, like it would, I'd start to feel even better quicker. So it was like, it was figuring that out and then just really figuring out how many days in a row could I do stuff and before I had to take a rest or if it was every other day and it was just playing, but like it was the consistency, like you really, like you, you come to know your days that work and you just don't, don't fight the days that don't like you, it's just, it's imagine just having like a battery, but you only get to use 50% on your phone. Like you're gonna, you're gonna only use it when you need to during the day. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be scrolling too much sort of thing. So I feel like, yeah, it was it was just figuring that out, and that and again, it just took time. But in that circumstance, like you don't you don't have much else going on. Like you're you're just trying to feel healthy and and feel good. So it was, yeah, it it took a while, but it was it helped me hugely just to like yeah write it down and slowly figure it out and be consistent. The ability to figure out a routine because it, the whole process was so cyclic is interesting. But it makes really good sense, and so. um and I mean, were there times in the early going of developing that routine where you felt like you really badly overdid it or kind of miscalculated it and just yeah. blew yourself up? Oh, or? for sure. Yeah. You have like, but that's part of it. And it's funny because I, yeah, again, you have to let go of that ego saying like you have to do more. Like if you push it over the edge, like it, it gives you the edge. Like you, you actually get the answer of what your limit is. But it, you're a fool if you do it again. But if you then respect that edge, like you're actually, you're you're going to a hundred percent, and you're never pushing over. Because when you start pushing over, that's when you start feeling shitty, or you're crashing, or whatever. So it was like, in the early goings, it was yeah, like I'd, again, like I'd I'd overdo it, and then I'd be tired for two or three days instead of one day. But then next week, you know, I'm not doing that again. And I just do, I do an hour on the spin bike instead of like two hours or an hour and a half. And it was kind of just like, it was just playing, but I, with anything you have to, you have to find that edge and hopefully that edge doesn't burn you too much. But once you get it, like you just gotta, and then, and then I, by the end of treatment, I was pushing and pushing that, that edge just a little bit more because I knew, and I, again, I wasn't losing as much fitness in the end because I was still doing, I was doing way more. Or is that the beginning? I was, yeah, it's just kind of on the couch and feeling bad for myself. So I feel like, yeah, it took, it took a lot of growth and like also, yeah, let it, letting go of so much of the like identity I held so tightly for so long. And then, I mean, you already mentioned kind of going through this first round of chemo, finding out that that hadn't gotten rid of everything and then doing second round in the stem cell transplant. So that was all happening kind of mid summer last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was it a very different cycle and process for the second round of chemo as the first one, or was the stuff that you learned from the first go at it still broadly applicable? Yeah, well that that's an interesting point. I feel like I because I recognized that like I could figure out when I had energy, I was pretty on it right away. Like I didn't waste time the second time. But it was a three week cycle instead of a two week where I do one chemo on the first week and then a chemo on so on day one and day seven, and then I'd have a week off. So it kinda 
it was a different rhythm, but and and the drugs were different, so I kind of got affected differently. But one, again, I only did a couple cycles of that, so once I figured it out, it was good. But it, that was hard as well, and and I was going to Vancouver to get some some additional treatment, so it kind of wasn't quite as normal. But at that point, like I knew once I got back from Europe and once I started that, like all my energy was into my healing and getting better. Like it, I didn't I didn't have a bike race I was planning to go to anymore. Like it was I just need to. A stem cell tra- transplant, again, for Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's a little more mellow, but it can be pretty hardcore. And you just like, you have to, you have to deal with death again. Like you're pushing your body right to the edge of where like it should be dying. And then they, they kind of give you an oil change. I like to say, like they gave me back some, some good stem cells and it was, it kind of restarted everything. But yeah, it was, it was all just like, less less so biking but again use I still rode all through those treatments and like I rode to my stem cell transplant and I rode my bike home from my stem cell transplant so like that was kind of the whole thing was like I I still was doing it very much on my own terms but the mindset was I'm not going to be a racer I'm I'm going to use biking the same way I have been cuz I love it so much but I'm going to just folk my energy is going to be on healing and giving my body that time and the rest and making sure I'm 110% before I go into the hospital for the stem cell transplant. When would you say that you had that shift in mindset from kind of, like you just said, thinking of yourself as a racer first and foremost to just having bikes be something that you were doing because it kept you fit and happy, but having the focus sort of shift away from racing and more fully on to just getting yourself healthy and getting back from this? Because it sounds... Like if I'm kind of hearing you right, that through the first round of chemo, you sort of viewed that as like the one phase and you were going to be right back at racing and then realized that that maybe wasn't the case. Is that kind of a fair assessment of it? I think almost the week, the week I got home from Europe after the first World Cup, it was like a huge down. Like it was like such a everything kind of really set in like, okay, well, it's not kind of, it's not fun and games anymore. And like I got my vacation from treatment and everything's kind of over so like time to buckle down and yeah started shifting and again like it wasn't it wasn't easy from the beginning because that's uh, again you gotta you gotta let go of so many of the things you like and and that sort of stuff but yeah kind of took some time but it 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 then became good like it was such a relief and like I loved watching my friends go to these races and watching the races and the timing and like I was I was so into it and like in a way I've never kind of felt before whereas like when you watch it as a racer you kind of like imagine yourself being there whereas this time I got to really appreciate like my friends like these people I know so well and I spent so much time with like I was like wow like he's doing so good and like I'm so proud of him so it was kind of like seeing it from this whole other angle the racing so like and again I didn't feel like I had to be there because I knew that in that moment I had something way bigger than biking going on in my body and my life so just like knowing that if I let it go it it would come like it it'll find its way back and yeah, now I'm feeling. Yeah, it did find its way back, which is I'm super grateful for. But had to had to let it go completely to like make space for all the kind of mental mental challenges I was going to face, kind of going through the treatment. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but you were back at it remarkably quickly after that stem cell yeah. treatment, and I mean, filming within I don't know how many weeks it was, but not all that many, and racing yeah. the coast within less than three months later, if I have it right. And so, yeah. Yeah. um, what, 
were your expectations for that turnaround going into it? Kind of what were you told was realistic and how did it all come together so quickly? Well, that's what me and my girlfriend kind of laugh about. Like we, you got this crazy pamphlet of like all the, you get all the side of, you get all the bad stuff in this pamphlet. It's the worst, worst read of your life. But um, yeah, like they, sometimes they, they say you'll be in the hospital for like a couple of months and then you'll be an outpatient for a couple of months where you have to go to the hospital every week for like blood transfusions because your counts are so low. And like, so we were kind of prepared to be in Vancouver for a while and like, so I got out of the hospital in like two weeks, which is super, super early. Like usually you're in there about a month. And then I went the next Tuesday, I went to like get my blood work done and they're like, oh, you're great. Like we're going to take your, your central line out today and then you're good to go. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're not staying in Vancouver for a couple of months. And then, yeah, like two days later I got to go home and it was like, it was just this whirlwind. And obviously when I got home though, it was a bit, a bit like jarring almost because like you get home and you're out of the hospital and you're out of that kind of like environment and you're like okay I'm good and I remember going on like a big walk and it was way too much and I was like I was on the couch for like four days like you go from barely being able to walk around the like hospital room to like and it's the and that that in itself is hard because like you you your body's just not working right so it took a while and like but just consistently like I just try to add little tiny increments more and it was like whether it was like walking around the block or like walking around two blocks and then three blocks and like going for a bike ride and then going for like a proper bike ride not just one like around the street and like just doing these little things and it slowly added up but then again I realized like oh trail biking sucks it's way too hard to pedal up and go by the time I pedal up I'm exhausted and I don't want to go down so uh, I better just go ride downhill because I can just ride down and it's easier so yeah I, really quickly I ended up I went to Mount Washington and as soon as the same thing like you can't crash just like be smart and ride so yeah I think I think it was like 40 days at day 40 from my transplant I was like riding my down bike, which I couldn't have again I could not have hoped for couldn't have told myself and or convinced myself that that would have been the case but it just like it didn't feel perfect all the time and like i'd ride like 30 seconds and be out of breath and then like stop take catch my breath but then i was fine with that though because again it was letting go of this like i have to do i'm going racing or i'm going top to bottom runs like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna ride because it's fun and i there's the trails are sweet i get to ride a chairlift up like it's it's beautiful outside it was like, it was kind of, it was perfect. It was, a, it was an amazing place to be instead of just sitting inside all day. So yeah. And it just took a while. And then, yeah, the Sunshine Coast race kind of came up and again, luckily it was like, that's like a two minute track. It's half of it. The second half is like kind of a blue flow trail. So it was super easy. So I figured like if I could get through the top half, which is more technical then if I'm tired, I can just like chill on the blue and it was, it was like actually the perfect course because it was split one minute almost exactly in half. So I was like, I'm I'm just going to go do it because worst case, I could just sit down on this blue track to the finish. And yeah, I ended, I, I didn't, I got so tired that weekend. Like, I think I seated second, but then on the race run, I was like blasted. I was, I hadn't, I hadn't ridden three days in a row yet. Like I'd only done one or two days in a row before taking like a full day off. So I think like the whole being there and traveling there and all that was like too much too early. But again, like you push it and you see what can happen. And I was just like, and I knew that that was going to be my last time. I got to see so many of the people 
who kind of helped me through this whole thing. Like the whole mountain biking community in BC is amazing. And like, they've had my back through this the whole entire time. So I just, I really wanted to be there and see those faces and see those people and, and spend time riding with them. Like I knew, and I knew it was going to be the last time till the new year. So I was like, I, I'll go if I feel good, I'll race. And then I felt pretty good on the first day. So I was like, yeah, I'll try. But yeah, I ended up getting tired, but it was a lot of days. I'd say the recovery from the transplant was more days where I, like you, I pushed my limit too many times, but it was also, I think that's why I got better so quickly is because I, I figured out exactly where I was at and I just go up as hard as I could to that point And then, and, but in this case, I get to increase it because I'm actually getting better. I'm not repeatedly kind of punching myself down again with the treatment. So yeah, it was, it was that was hard and that yeah that i i don't like to share i'll share some negative stuff i guess on instagram but i do like to just share the good stuff i think there's there's enough there's enough bad stuff going on in the world but yeah like i i tried to share how kind of how i was doing but it was yeah not all fun but it was definitely the most growth i've had like physically and then mentally like just being okay with everything and now it's crazy because now we're doing testing and we're doing fitness stuff and i'm hitting numbers that I've never hit before, like so. I'm I'm stronger than I was before. I don't think I'm as fit as I was before, like just endurance wise. But like strength and like and explosive power is like better than I've done in the past. So I'm pretty kind of yeah, kind of kind of feeling good. I just and I know I have a bit more work to do. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess that's a pretty good segue into just kind of what's the 2023 season looking like and uh, kind of bit of an update on where you're at and what your goals are for this season after this whole saga and what are you really kind of thinking and what feels realistic going into this year well i mean through the winter i was kind of like once i felt like i could do two days in a row riding i was like i'm gonna be riding provo every single weekend until race season just because i love it up there and it's it's a lot of fun so i've been riding like again like almost every weekend for a while now and that's good because i feel like my bike skill it's it i don't know i don't feel like i haven't been off the bike for that long considering everything i've been through so it's not like a, a big injury kind of thing because you still gotta ride um but yeah like just getting fit and slowly adding more it's kind of cool and in, in the new year here i've been able to add more and more training in whereas before i was kind of limited to like four days of training like a couple a couple gym sessions and a couple trail rides or road rides um but now I'm starting to feel like I'm I'm resting and recovering every like day in and day out instead of having kind of a burnout every couple of weeks. So now I'm getting more consistent and like yeah, just adding adding up. So yeah, the plans to go race, do all the World Cups. Like I'm on the Forbidden uh, Synthesis factory, like the the downhill team. Um, and yeah, like we'll go. There's a couple small races in Port Angeles, Washington, like the Northwest Cup. So I think kind of use those as a gauge. I think there should be some fast guys going to those ones. So do those ones first and just make sure I'm like within touch. But we're, we're already doing some timing at home and it's feeling feeling pretty good. So but yeah, use those to kind of get a gauge and then yeah, full bore ahead. I think there's like obviously the nerves and of like I it is. Okay, it'll be almost it'll be almost one year, I think, at the first World Cup. But again, like I'm, I if it, if the races started in like August, I'd be stoked. I'm super happy that this year they start in June. Like, it's perfect for me. I get lots of time to get better. But yeah, I think there's always those nerves. Like, is it is it too early? But again, I put in a lot of work, and I'm and the numbers and the testing we're doing are are starting to look really good. So 
kind of more of these doubts are disappearing as we get closer, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's certainly awesome to hear and uh, looking forward to seeing you out there. Do you have any particular goals that you're setting for yourself as far as results go? Or are you just kind of at the point where you're psyched to be there and hope to be able to get through a whole season and that's kind of enough or what are your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, getting through the whole season's huge. I think that's like, that's probably going to be my biggest challenge just because there's like the fitness aspect and like just the, the general, the kind of fatigue you get from traveling and stuff. So I think that's one of them. But again, like, I think I got that. I think um, the, t- the, the, the energy I'm putting in now is to help that. So I'm, I'm dealing with that, but results wise, it's kind of, it's hard to say. Cause I, again, like I'm a racer. I, I'd love to win a world cup. Like I, I think one day I can. And I think I was on the, on the path to getting, getting to that pace and being in the mix with those guys. So I don't know if it's going to be the first race of the year, but I think that like by getting back into that rhythm and really belonging there and doing all the stuff that like I should be doing at the races, like it'll start to come. So yeah, I I think low expectations for myself, but just kind of, again, just like, just so grateful that like I even have the opportunity to be doing it like the guys at forbidden or have been like the nicest people I could have asked for to kind of help, help me go through this. Like they've had my back and they've, they've kind of said they want to make sure they see me through it and get, give me my chance to kind of go race and be healthy. So yeah, I can't thank them enough. And I just think that, yeah, I'm out, I'm going to do my best. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not out there just to have some fun. I want to, I'm, I want to do well. So I think whatever that means, but again, putting it into perspective, like I don't think anyone, I don't know that anyone's kind of came back from cancer and raced downhill. I'm sure that there's obviously lots of other sports, but I think that like, yeah, I think in this realm, it's, it's not a normal thing. It's not a normal thing in a lot of sports also, but it's, I don't, I, I can't be too hard on myself as we go. And there's obviously going to be some, some learning curves, but it'll be all good. I think. I mean, just based on what you pulled off so far, I think looking pretty good. And, uh, yeah been a blast having you on and just again really impressed with what you pulled off here and the attitude you've shown through the whole thing so thanks again for coming on and best of luck with 2023 it's going to be cool seeing what you can do out there no thank you man all right that's it for this edition of bikes and big ideas and as always we would very much appreciate you leaving us a rating or review in your podcast app to help keep the show going and growing I also want to say thanks to Magnus for the conversation, thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing the episode, and thanks to you for listening. From all of us at Blister, please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we'll be back again with you next week. Bye, everybody.